Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is when you hear this. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and we are in episode 245 of today's edition of our Bible Bites as we continue reading through God's Holy Word. Today, my reading is found in Ezekiel chapter 13 through 15, and so I want to draw out a few points from here. In Ezekiel chapter 13, most all of this chapter deals with God being very angry with people who abused their influential positions. First of all, he starts out with the false prophets, um, those who are the foolish prophets, he calls them in verse 3, who are following their own spirit and have seen nothing from the Lord, nothing truly from the Lord. They're speaking what they want to say, want to hear, what, what they want to say, what the people want to hear. Uh, they're speaking out of their own heart, out of their own desires, and not sincerely from the Lord like Jeremiah and Ezekiel and others were doing in that time period, warning the people. They didn't like that, and so they were speaking lies against that. And so God is going to um, deal with them, and he's bringing that judgment upon them. But I want to read to you verses 3 through 5 here so that we understand this. He says, Thus says the Lord God, Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, your prophets are like foxes in the deserts. You have not gone up into the gaps to build a wall for the house of Israel to stand in battle on the day of the Lord. So here God is is defining for them their crime. He, They have led the people astray. They've spoken things that were lies. And he says, and also he held them responsible to go stand in a gap for the people and build a wall for them so that they could stand in the battle of the day of the Lord. What he means there is they've not strengthened the people. They've not stood in the gap and interceded for them. And this is going to come up again in a day or so when we look at Ezekiel chapter 22, because there's another verse about this in there. So God holds influential people, leaders in uh, positions of authority. He holds them responsible for how they lead, but also for how they care for the people. And if they are helping to strengthen them in right ways, to intercede for them, are they even praying for them? That kind of thing. And so he was very, very angry here in this chapter. And he lays out exactly how he's going to deal with that and how he's going to send this stormy wind and great hailstones. And it's interesting <clears throat> because... We find these huge hailstones come up again in the judgments that the book of Revelation speaks of. In Revelation chapter 6 through 19, there's areas where it speaks of great hailstones. And in those passages, according to my research, it appears that those could be 125-pound hailstones. I mean, they're, they're nothing to play around with. They're not you know, golf ball size hail. We're talking about major hail that will be able to kill and wound people severely. And so God is very angry with these prophets. He he takes it very seriously, especially when there's positions of leadership or influence over other people. He holds those leaders more responsible 
than the people that they that were listening to them. Then he moves on and he talks about beginning in verse 17 about how he's against the evil women also. And he's talking about how they're <clears throat> they're doing demonic things. And in doing that, they're leading people astray. He speaks here in my version, it's translated how they sew these magic charms on their sleeves and make veils for the heads of the people of every height. This is in verse 18. Notice this. They're doing all of this to hunt souls. Will you hunt the souls of my people and keep yourselves alive? In other words, you think I'm going to let you get by with that? You've hunted my people like they were birds to be killed or to be slaughtered. And you think I'm going to let you get by with this? That's in essence um, maybe what God is saying in a sense of paraphrasing that. Then he goes on down in verse 20 and he says, Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against your magic charms by which you hunt souls there like birds. There's one other place that I know of in the scriptures, and I did not research this to find out if this was the only other place, but what it made me think of was in Revelation chapter 18, I believe it's in verse 13 and verse 20 in Revelation, I'm sorry, in verse 8, in verse 13, Revelation 18, verse 13, where it speaks of this, um, this, nation, this environment, this mentality or um, idolatry or ideological position, whatever you want to call it, that the Bible terms mystery Babylon the Great. <clears throat> and we see that expressed also as a woman, the woman riding the beast, this woman that is uh, that God is seriously against mystery Babylon because they have led people astray. They have bought and sold all kinds of merchandise. You'll find it listed in Revelation 18, but one of them is the bodies and souls of people. That's a very serious thing. And so this is implica uh, implicating and indicating to us from the understanding of the Hebrew language, the words that were used here, as well as the way the Lord lays it out here, that it's a very demonic deception. It's a leading astray. And what it brings me to mind uh, of and what it reminds me of and tells me about is even in looking at the Hebrew words that are used here, it's speaking of this covering um, that's used to cover up demonic fortune-telling schemes. It's almost like they're trying to cover it up with a, a pillow or a cushion or something like that. But it's covered amulets. It's um, things that are, are very demonic and are fortune-telling. There's a lot of evil behind that. And so what I really wanted to point out about that is this. It is very, very, very dangerous to play around with anything in the demonic, occultic, or witchcraft realm. And that would include horoscopes, psychics, even games, video games, board games, 
Ouija board and Dungeons and Dragons and all kinds of other things. Movies and entertainment, horror movies, things like that, Harry Potter and other things. We don't need to be touching those things. There's, they are very evil, and we must avoid that at all costs. Do not play around with those things because you do not want to open the door that those can lead to. And I do want to point this out, though, that God is so good that he even promises here that he's going to deal with the people that are leading these people astray and bringing them into bondage. But he's also going to be able to rescue them from that bondage. Now, not everyone will be rescued, but those who are hungry for him, those who are open, those who really want to be saved, he will rescue them from bondage. I'll give you an example. In the New Testament, in the Gospels, one of the disciples that followed the Lord, one of the female disciples that followed the Lord and that began to um, love and appreciate what God had done for her was Mary of Magdala. And she had been delivered from demonic oppression, from demonic possession, from seven, seven demons, I believe the scriptures say. So God can rescue out of that. But the best thing, the best scenario is don't get yourself into it. Don't go there. Don't even toy around or play around with those things because it's serious, serious danger there. In chapter 14, we don't need to be deceived or be careless as a steward of God's word either. I want to read to you uh, verses 1 through 3, I think it is. Now some of the elders of Israel came to me and sat before me. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their hearts and put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. Should I let myself be inquired of at all by them? This reminded me of Jesus' word in Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, when he said, in essence, don't throw my precious words to the, to the dogs. Don't let them trample on them. My precious word is not for those who do not sincerely want to hear it and won't listen to it and will have a, an impudent heart against it. So what God is saying is he knew their heart. He knew that their heart was not sincere. They did not sincerely want to hear his words. And so God's not going to toy around with that kind of, um, that kind of insincerity and, uh, and so forth. But he did give them a warning. He spoke to them and he dealt with them about their hearts. It's amazing to me in the Old Testament and in the prophets, how much God is after us understanding that he has always been concerned about the heart. It has never been about duty. It has never been about religious obligations and, and keeping of laws and this and that. It's been about the heart, loving him and sincerely having an open heart to him. That's what he's always wanted. And that's what he still wants today. So we see that even more here. Then when we come down to um, verse 6 through 11, it's interesting to notice that God is still calling out for repentance. Even though the judgment has already begun, he's still giving opportunity for them to turn and repent and be restored. And so there's, there's that call continually, continually to come and repent before the Lord. And we see that also in the book of Revelation. 
later in the in the book once all the judgments and other things begin to be uh, poured out there's still that opportunity to come and be saved it's it's much different and we'll talk about that when we get to the book of revelation lord willing but there's still that call god is always after any who will repent then in verse 12 through 13 he gives a warning about the consequences on a land a nation or a country etc and about the judgments that he's going to bring notice this in verse 14 he says this about this land that con that continues in persistent unfaithfulness he says this he says even if these three men noah daniel and Job were in it. They would deliver only themselves by their righteousness, says the Lord God. He says when a nation's gone persistent into persistent unfaithfulness over and over and over, they've rejected me. He said, even if Noah, Daniel, or Job were there interceding for them, they would only save themselves and no one else. And it's interesting, you may want to Pick up your own study and search out why did he mention these three? Why did he mention these three? I could think of some others that could have gone in that category like Moses, for one. But he said Noah, Daniel, and Job. And, you know, I don't know. I haven't done a thorough study into that. But I found it interesting. Noah, he built the ark and he and his family were able to be saved. Job his children daily he prayed over and uh, sought the Lord and interceded on their behalf. And then Daniel, many of his own people, and even the Magi's ancestry thrived and was alive because of Daniel's intervention. You can read about that in Daniel chapter 2, and we will be there probably within a few um, weeks I want to also read to you verse 21. For thus says the Lord God, Now how much more it shall be when I send my four severe judgments on Jerusalem, the sword, famine, and wild beast, and pestilence, to cut off man and beast from it. And I want to just point this out because this is interesting. It's the same four that you will find mentioned in Revelation during the time we call the tribulation. Revelation chapter 6 through 19 and there'll be more about that when we get there as well in verse 22 and following we see that God always will have a remnant and in verse 23 we understand again how God has proven over and over that even his judgments are righteous and based in fact and he says here you shall know that I have done nothing without cause that I have done in it, says the Lord God. And then finally, chapter 15, a very small, short chapter, but he just establishes again that they have been persistent in unfaithfulness toward him, even though they were his people, and therefore the judgments are justified. I trust that this has been a blessing to you to understand. I know that the prophets are some of the harder books in the scriptures, and they don't always have messages that we like to hear. But the truth that they bring to our attention is very important, and we need to hear those things. 
The good news is that there is a loving God that is still calling people to repent and avoid the coming judgments that are still yet to come, just like there was a loving God in those days calling for repentance that could have avoided some of these judgments. So God is the same all through Scripture, and it's always been about the heart with God, and it still is to this day. I trust this blesses you. God bless you today, and may you join us again for future episodes of Bible Bites.